If you set your Bibles down for just a minute and uh, search in the cracks on each side of you, you will find a seat belt. Go ahead and buckle that. <laughs> this has been building for several weeks. I have I'm fairly confident I will offend nearly all of you, so just get ready. <laughs> Let me start with something that isn't controversial. What in the world is going on in our society today? I'm being really serious here. What on earth is happening? All you have to do is turn on the news for 30 seconds and you'll shake your head. And all you got to do is read for about 30 minutes and you'll get through some of the bad stuff to the horrible stuff to the downright unbelievable things that are going on. And I have spent a fair amount of time, probably more than I should over the last number of years, concerning myself with this and asking myself that question. For quite a long time, I have said, oh, it's not that bad. And in some ways, it's not. I'm not a doom and gloomer. I'm not one that runs to hysteria. I'm one that would constantly encourage people and say, well, you know, crime's lower than it's ever has been, which was true. And things were better. We had, well, I'll stop there. To say that I'm not one that is often too concerned, but I'm concerned. And for the longest time, I've not really known what to do about it. And I was reading a book recently, a Christian book, and the author just made a point from the book of Romans that I know I've read this over and over again throughout my entire Christian life and even before, and it just never quite hit me like it did. So I ask that you would bear with me, maybe just turn your wristwatch over so you can't see it. I want to read in Romans chapter 1. I struggled with a title for the message. I don't always title them per se, and if I do, I don't always say it. But in the margin notes of my scripture, there was a reference that I thought was perfectly appropriate. So the title today will be The Downward Course of Humanity. Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 18 through the end of the chapter, I'll begin by reading it. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. 
And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murderer, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithfulness, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. The rest of this chapter reveals the wrath that will be given to those who suppress the truth. So you can listen to what I have to say and you can like it or you can not like it. But the reality is I feel as though it's the truth. And my earnest prayer today is that everything that I say is in fact the truth based on the scriptures and that I get out of the way as much as possible because it is about the truth. And I do think, as I opened with, everyone will agree that our society is headed in a downward direction. So to begin, I want to look back at verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. This is the foundation of everything that we honor and give thanks to God. And we can only do that when we know who he is. And the thing that really started this long journey, these last week and a half that I've constantly read and reread and reread this passage is this idea that they knew God, but didn't honor him as God. And we see that even in the last verse, verse 32, although they knew God's righteous decree, those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. The reality is nature itself is a revelation that is decent enough for every man, every woman, everyone who lives to know that there is a God who has a standard for us. It's all it takes is for us to look into the world, to see what God made and to know matter of factly that there is a God that we are to honor that God, that we are to give thanks to that God, and that we are to behave in a way that is worthy of what he requires of us. And we all know it, and we're all without excuse. But knowing it is not enough. This is why unbelief is a horrible sin. And this is why Proverbs tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You can know that there is a God, but if you do not fear him, if you do not have the proper reverence for him, if you do not honor him as God, if you do not thank him as the God that he is, then you're going to have problems. And the rest of this chapter talks about that. Fearing him is the beginning of knowledge. And what we are facing today is a society that doesn't want to acknowledge who God is. They do not want to acknowledge that he has standards that we all must live by. They do not want to acknowledge him. They know who he is because nature itself reveals it, but they will not conform to him. We know better. All of mankind knows better. And we refuse to honor him. We refuse to thank him. And that is the beginning of the downward course of our personal lives. It is the beginning of our downward course of our grouping together, our society, and eventually the entire world when we fail to acknowledge who he is. This is not trivial. 
and it's not negotiable. Our entire effort should be to know God for who he is. And when we know that, we will then honor him correctly for who he is. Now let's look at a few things that happens when we fail to do those things. First thing, verse 21, there's a lot in this verse here. So in the middle of it. And we failed to honor him and failed to give thanks to him. It says, but they became futile in their thinking. Another translation says their thinking became nonsense. Or another translation says they became worthless in their thinking, godless with pointless reasoning and silly speculation. I kind of like that one because it's a little more lighthearted and helps us to understand what's happening. When we fail to honor God, all of our thinking is worthless. It becomes silly. It becomes, I'll just say, maybe you want to say stupid, whatever you want to call it. When we fail to recognize who God is, to give Him the proper honor, and to give Him what He deserves, we begin to think foolishly, with no wisdom, no real power in our thoughts. And why is this? Because we don't know the truth. If we do not recognize who God is and do not give him the proper power, then we don't actually know what truth is. Remember the first verse here. We can't know truth without knowing the truth. We cannot know what it means to be in peace unless we know the one who is peace. We cannot know what it means to love unless we know the one who is love. We cannot know what it means to be in light unless we know the light. We cannot have hope unless we know the one who is hope. And we cannot have meaning in life apart from the one who gives us meaning. And we begin nonsense thinking. And as I mentioned, you don't have to read the news, but about 30 seconds to see the nonsense out there. And the reality is, you don't have to have a conversation with somebody for very long before you see the nonsense that's in their mind. Failing to recognize God, to honor Him, leads first to futile or nonsense thinking. But it doesn't stop there. Because the last part of that verse, it says this, it says, became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. If we continue to think foolishly, if we continue to fail to honor and acknowledge God for who he is, our hearts will become foolish and darkened. Foolishness means void of understanding or sound judgment or weak in intellect something that none of us probably want to be. But the reality is, all of those who deny God are foolish in their hearts and in their thinking. The Bible talks about the foolish. It says that they are wicked, acting without regard to law. And darkness, well, that's the absence of light. And who is the light? Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, our God. So when we remove God, we have futile, foolish thinking, and it eventually leads to a dark mind and a dark heart. We go on to verse 22. Claiming to be wise, they became as fools. I've mentioned this time again, Those of you who know me well know that I really like logic and reason. And I think God gave us those things. And they are probably a little too high on my priority for things. And so many times I've wondered, why can't I get someone to see the error in their ways? Why can they do this or say this and do this? And maybe sometimes you said the same thing for me. But I get very frustrated sometimes, not understanding how I can't get someone to think properly. There, there's my ego. Because I think I'm right. 
Without the proper light in our minds, we become foolish and convince ourselves we're wise. Let me give you an example. Imagine, if you will, for just a minute, that we all live in an environment that's completely dark. We cannot and never have seen another person. We've interacted with them. We've touched them. We've heard them speak. We've heard them sing. We know that people are there. We know because we interact with them. We can even love other people that we cannot see. But if you could never see another one, if I never saw anybody else, it would be totally appropriate for me to just simply believe that I'm the most beautiful man that ever existed. Because I have nothing to compare myself to. This is what happens when we deny God. We are not obedient to Him. We get futile thinking. We get foolish hearts. And it's so dark inside of them, we actually think we're right. Why? Because we push out any other standard of wrong. Because God is the standard of truth. He is the standard of right. And I must only compare myself to him. And when I do that, when there is light in my heart and in my life, when I stand before an all-powerful, perfect, loving, just God, I realize that I am nothing. But when I am so blind, when my heart is so dark that I don't even see that, that I think I'm doing really good. Which is why we see in verse 23, I'm sorry, verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. You ever thought you're right, right and then found out later you're wrong? Big raise of the hand on this one. You can think you're right all you want to, but if you're not right, you're wrong. Without light in our minds, we become fools. We reject the standard of God and measure ourselves by ourselves. But as a result, we think we're just brilliant. It's at this point, as I mentioned, I don't really think you can logic your way out of this. When you have someone who denies the very existence of God, who knows better, but denies that God is there, who will not give God the honor as they should, their thinking becomes foolish, Darkness enters their heart, and they think that they're wise when they really aren't. When someone tries to tell you and think that you're the fool because they're trying to convince you that God isn't real. And all you got to do is say, well, you, you can't prove a negative. Do you think that changes anyone's mind? Of course not, because their minds have become dark because they think that they're wise. Real quickly, let me tell you what we should do. We should walk in the light as he is in the light. Jesus told us, I am the light. If we do not want a foolish, dark heart and mind who cannot think good things, who only thinks that they are right all the time and everyone else is wrong, then we must welcome the light of Jesus Christ. And that comes by acknowledging who God is, by thanking him for who he is and giving him the honor and the place that he deserves, not denying it like everyone else is doing. What happens when we do all this? We become futile in our thinking. We have foolish, darkened hearts. We become fools thinking that we are wise. And then comes along verse 23 and exchange the glory of the immortal God for the images representing mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Idolatry. Notice it's an exchange. It's an exchange that costs us everything. It's an exchange for what nature tells us is truth for a lie. We think we're going to get something better by this exchange. And we know we're right because our minds, our dark minds and our dark hearts tell us we are. We begin to worship the created over the one who created This very well may turn into a series of messages about God. 
And we will give some pause to the idea of the creator over the created. See, all we do is recreate something. Can't create anything. I can take a tree and I can cut it down and make it into something different, but I can't make something out of nothing. Only God can do that. Only God. Only God has done that. And until we honor him, understanding that, this is where we're at. Do you have idols that you've exchanged for God? I bet every one of you thinks, well, I don't go home and bow down to a cow. I don't have a carved idol. A famous preacher said, the essence of idolatry is the entertainment of thought about God that is unworthy of him. It begins in the mind and may present where no overt act of worship has actually taken place. Listen closely again. The essence of idolatry is the entertainment of thought about God that is unworthy of him. It begins in the mind and may present where an overt act of worship has not taken place. What does that mean? When we fail to consider who God actually is, when we try to make him like one of us, when we try to exchange something we cannot understand for something that we can, that's idolatry. When we fail to consider who God really is, that leads us down the path of worshiping what we can understand. And so, yes, you can pat yourself on the back because I'm pretty sure none of you are going to go home and bow to an idol. But are your thoughts at the level they should be? Whatever you think about most is your idol. Think about that one for a minute. What do you think about most? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it politics? Is it money? Is it your status? Is it social justice? Is it COVID? What do we think about the most? I want to pause there. I'm not leaving the idolatry, but I want to, by way of explanation, make hopefully a point. It seems impossible today to escape gender issues in our society. LGBTQ and the pluses. I want to talk about the pluses just for a second. You ever thought about that? We're going we're gonna to list five of the 64 genders that are supposedly allowable now. And then we're going to combine the other 59 into a plus symbol. I'm just going to add them on. The inconsequential, the unable to number. The, we don't want to offend everybody, so we're just going to add this one on the end, just in case. So it's not good enough just to say LGBTQ. You have to say the plus. So you ever feel sorry for the pluses? Probably not. Now let me ask you the real question. You in your life, do you identify as the FFWSMHC plus? That would be family, friends, work, status, money, hobby, church, and plus. And we'll just add God into the plus. Do you give him the proper place in your life? Or is he a plus at the end of other things you care about? Even good things. Family, friends, work, status, money, hobbies, church, And plus, we'll just add God, just a little bit of God to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. And that makes me good. I'm guilty of this. 
I like to go and do whatever I want to, and I'm going to add a little bit of God at the end. I'm going to add him as the plus sign just to make it okay. That's not okay. That's exactly backwards from what this passage is talking about. God is our first, God is our only, and when we properly honor him and obey him and worship him, all these other things come after that. God is first. Who he is, his truth, his omnipotence, his almighty, the fact that he is, again, the creator is the first thing in our lives. And the problem among our society today is too many of us professing Christians will just add him as a little plus at the end and say, well, I got God too, so I'm good. Got my ticket stamp for heaven. Good to go. Go on living like nothing matters. Hmm. Back to the scripture. In verse 24, we pick up. Therefore, God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. God doesn't force us to love him. That's part of the point. Eventually, God will give us up to our own lusts of our heart. What's a lust? A degrading, devile, evil thing. When we don't have God, we have futile thinking. It leads to a foolish and darkened heart where we think we're wise, but we're really not. It results in some type of lust, and God will give that over to us. Eventually. And lust leads to what? Action. We must be careful to honor God how? By taking every thought we have, as the scripture says, captive to Him. Why? Because our thoughts lead to our heart that grows dark, that grows in lust, and then we take action. Our thoughts, your thoughts matter. What you think about matters. What you read matters. What you listen to matters because it goes into your mind, down to your heart, and will come out as an action if you are not careful. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. A little more modern translation. Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. The Bible tells us that our heart is our spring of life and also the source of defilement. Be careful what you put in your mind because it leads to a dark heart if it doesn't honor God and will come out as a desire and you will act on it. Now I want to take careful note for just a minute. And notice that the first section that he lists here, when we become foolish, when we fail to honor God, when we have our hearts darkened, when we exchange God for things that aren't real, when we start to lust after things in our heart, what happens next? Improper sexual behavior. This passage And just so we're clear, because I hear this all the time, well, the New Testament doesn't say anything about homosexuality. Here you go. All right? It's wrong. Don't like it? Talk to God about it. You know what else is included in this passage here that some of us like to skip over? Sexual relationships outside of marriage. It's wrong. (coughs) Young people. Sex before marriage is wrong. (coughs) And it is on this path 
that is the downfall of our entire society. And all you have to do is read the scriptures or go back and read non-scriptural history. And you will see that time and time again, the fall of society has started with sexual misconduct and has gone down and down and down until we do things I will not say in this pulpit. Guard your hearts Guard your minds. Honor God with your bodies. That is your reasonable act of service. This will trap you over and over again. I wrote this down so I get it right. It starts with futile thinking, leads to a darkened heart, gives way to lust, results in the exchange of God for the idol of another's body. Let's read that again. It starts with a futile thinking, leads to a darkened heart, gives way to a lust, results in the exchanging of God for an idol of another person's body. And eventually, God says twice in this passage, in 24 and 26, that he will give you up to your foolish idolatry. He says it again in verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. A debased mind. Your version may say a depraved mind. Or it may say things that should never be done. Or improper and repulsive things. This is what we're warned about. In Philippians 3.19, it says, Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Now we start seeing the turning point. It's gone beyond the thinking. It's gone beyond the darkened heart. It's gone beyond the lust and the passion. And it's turned into action that we dwell on and that we actually do. We're given over to a debased, a depraved, a mind that wants to do evil things. Sensual and vanity is what that means when it says their God is their belly and they glory in their shame. Do you read the news? Well, let me start over. Do you watch the news? Nobody reads it anymore. Do you see the pictures of what people do in public? Do you watch the movies and see what people do in those? I dare say that if any one of us would quit watching the news and watching movies and totally remove ourselves for 30 days, we'd blush next time we turned it on. But we get used to it. We somehow think it's okay. It's a downward trend. Futile, foolish thinking, darkened heart, debased mind. And then it gets even worse, just in case you don't think it's bad enough. 29 through 31. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. I told you at the beginning, I'll give equal opportunity to offend everyone in here. Find yourself in that list because we're all there. Maybe you said, well, Brother Ben, that first section about sexual behavior, that's not me. Good. You find yourself in the second one? Do you find yourself in the debased mind doing the things that we ought not to even discuss? It says here that we're filled, and I want to talk about that for a minute. Filled with unrighteousness, filled with wickedness, filled with evil. 
filled, we could say, permeated or saturated. When we go down this road of failing to obey God, failing to know him for who he is, and all of these things start happening, we are eventually given over to God and we become full, saturated with this evil to the point we don't even know it. Don't even know that you stink of sin, but you do. You don't even know that you're full of all kinds of horrible things, but you are full of these things. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. What are we supposed to be filled with? The Spirit of God. Being filled means absolutely being saturated with and under control of. And we are supposed to be saturated and under the control of the Holy Spirit who leads and guides and directs us and comforts us and keeps us from doing these things. Another translation of this list, maybe it'll be more meaningful to you, reads as follows. Greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior. It means intentionally bad. Gossips, backbiters, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. The message translation, which is a very loose translation I rarely quote, but I'm going to do it twice in this sermon, says it this way. They keep inventing new ways of wrecking lives. Just when you think it can't get any worse, what happens? It gets worse. When you are so full of evilness, when you have failed to recognize God, when you have allowed everything to come into your life, you have lost any sense of logical thinking. You give way to any lust that you have, it gets worse and worse and worse. And if any of you, for any time in a small area of your life, have allowed this to happen, you know exactly what I mean. So let me ask you, does this describe our society? Pretty well. Does it describe our politicians? pretty well. Does it describe the mobs we see on TV? Oh yeah. Does it describe our leaders? Notice I separated politicians and leaders. Who's a leader? Whoever leads you at work. Whoever leads your friend group. Whoever stands behind a pulpit and proclaims to lead you. The reality is this, there are people all over this country and all over this world who will falsely, under false authority, stand behind this pulpit, who will tell you the truth and walk out the door and live just like this because they don't truly know God and they do not honor him as God. They are false leaders and they are leading the entire world astray. I don't understand the contradiction. As I said, I'm highly logical. So I do not understand how some groups of people, I'm going to get a little political here for a minute as we come to a close. I do not understand how some groups of people can advocate and advocate and advocate for higher and higher taxes and yet tell us to defund the police. How many of you pay taxes because you want to? That was quick. So why do you pay them? There's two reasons. I'll be very blunt with you. Ready? Coercion. They don't even give you a chance to take it from you before you get it. And if they didn't, they would come to your door with a gun and demand it from you or put you in a cage. And the same people who are saying, we want more of this, more of this, say, there's too much violence and coercion by the police. Let's just get rid of them. Okay. Those two things are from the same source. Do you see 
the blind, dark, self-righteous hearts that are inviting everyone in our society that they cannot see the distinction and they cannot see the difference. They don't see the contradiction. Why? Because they don't honor God. Because God is truth. It leads them down a path. They're futile, foolish, dark, lustful, idol-worshipping, sexually crazed minds and hearts celebrate evil with pride and boastfulness. What happens at the end? I don't mean the end. I mean the end of this chapter. Verse 32. All these things happen. Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, then not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Let me read you another translation. Again, it's a very loose one. It says as follows. It's not as if they don't know better. They know perfectly well they're spitting in God's face, and they don't care. Worse... They hand out prizes to those who do the worst things. This is why our society is on a crash course, speeding as fast as we possibly can to the very bottom of anything that's acceptable in life. Because it's a competition to see who can get to the bottom the fastest. Why? Because they do not honor God for who he is. I debated about reading this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I hope it makes the point. In the morning, they hold signs and chant, My body, my choice, promoting the murder of children. In the afternoon, they protest, demanding the right to violently administer a medical procedure that I don't want by choice. Failing to see the hypocrisy, later that night they gather for their vegan dinners and carefully replace their masks between bites while they toast each other celebrating who is the most deplorable in their riotous behavior. Drinking themselves into a stupor, they descend into a sexual orgy and awake unsure of who or what they did, but proud of it. Now that's offensive, isn't it? And I picked on a certain couple of groups of people. But here's the reality. I could have rewritten that for politicians, couldn't I? About a little over a year ago, we tried to pass within six hours a 6,000-page bill printing a trillion dollars. I bet there was celebration that night. I could rewrite this about many of our leaders in our society. I could rewrite this about some, quote, churches that... Activities, while maybe different, the concept is the same. When we fail to recognize God for who he is, this is the ultimate result as disgusting as it is. And if you fail to recognize God, you will be on this train to that location. This is where we are headed as it was in the days of Noah, eating and drinking and giving no thought. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Why? Because, going back to Romans, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. I really don't know that I've been clear today. 
I am absolutely appalled at our current state of our society. But you know what's not going to change it? The election cycle in 2022. Do you know what's not going to change it? Kicking out people in our school board who, we, who promote racist ideas. I'll just say that. It's not going to change it. You know what's not going to change it? Us getting richer. You know what's not going to change it? People just sitting in this room. The only thing that will change this long and horrific chain of events is the very first thing I said. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. We must honor God as we know him, as he has revealed himself to us, and we must give thanks to him. We should not put our hope in any other person, any man, any group, any government. It doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter whether we are technically right. Trust me, I can argue science, at least in a few areas, all day long with you. It doesn't matter. What matters is, do you know God as God? Or are you exchanging him for something else? Are you exchanging him for the idol of what you want? Do you know who he is, but just ignore it and choose to have a dark mind and a dark heart and think about silly, foolish things? For although they knew God, they did not honor him. Do you know God? Really? I mean, really know God? Or have you made God just a little bit higher than you? Lord willing, this is what I plan to challenge us on over the next few weeks. Who is God? Who are we in relationship to God? Because whether we have intended it or not, we, as people who profess to believe in the Almighty God, have brought Him down and down and down to something we understand. We have added Him to the plus sign of our FFWSMHCs. Family, friends, work, status, money, hobbies, church, and oh, we're going to add God to it there too. We're going to pray to Him when we're hurt. Great. We're going to pretend like we're in charge. We're going to pretend like we can make a difference in this. We're going to pretend like we know what we should do. What we don't realize is we're headed down the same path as everyone else who we disapprove of because we don't honor God. When you come face to face with someone in one of these examples that I mentioned, you can argue. I'm not going to tell you not to. Do what God tells you to do. But what do they need more than an argument? What do they need more than someone to listen to them? They need to know who God is. And you cannot tell them if you don't know yourself. You cannot fix the problems and ails of this world if you are not trying, notice I said active, trying, to fix them in yourself. It is far past time that we as a church, as believers, take this seriously because we're losing the fight. We're losing. And we're losing because if we're fighting at all, we're trying to fight physically. And that doesn't work. God's told us that. The battle's not flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. And we have moved so far away from anything that's spiritual, we don't even know God in the real sense of the word. Because if we did, we would fear him and we would live different lives. We would do different things with our money, with our time, with our talents, with our abilities. For the wrath of God is revealed from all heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness Suppress the truth. 
Pray with me. Lord, I come to you today and I pray that you would help us. Those who have heard this message today, Lord, for it to go in and to go in deeply. Lord, I pray that some of us were offended. Lord, I was offended by some of this. I don't like to hear some of these things because as good as I think that I am, I don't fear you, I don't obey you, I don't honor you, and I don't thank you like I ought to. Which means I don't know the truth the way that I should. And so while I am very concerned about our society, I am very concerned about our families, I'm very concerned about the status of your called out people on this earth who are alive today. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to our hearts and our lives the truth. Lord, I pray for those who are listening that no matter how far down this path that leads to eventual destruction we are, that you would bring us back. Lord, you are the only one who can bring light to a dark heart. You are the only one who can reveal the foolishness of our thoughts. You are the only one who can break our pride. You are the only one who can help us stop the sinful behaviors that we are engaged in. You are the only hope we have for society. You're it. You're all that is. You're all that was. You're all that will be. Lord, help us to stop messing around on the edges and give our hearts and our lives to you to sit and consider who you are and to give you the honor for it and the thanks just for who you are. Reveal to us where we are in comparison to you. If that's your son or daughter saved by grace, then give us the encouragement and the strength and the love to go on in your truth and to develop a greater level of honor for you. If we are not a follower, if we do not know you, then reveal that to our lives and demonstrate clearly how we are going down this path. It starts with thinking, goes to a dark heart, journeys to lust and comes out as action and violation of you building up idols of things that we think are better than you. Lord, I ask that you would convict us. Lord, help us as we go frustrated and tired, as we watch the news and shake our heads and shake our fists in anger and say, what is going on? That we remember the truth which is so simple that although the world knows you by your very creation, they ignore you and they don't honor and thank you. Help us, Lord, to do this personally. Help us to love and honor you as a group. Help us to love and honor you in our homes. Help us to love and honor you at our places of work. Help us to love and honor you everywhere we go because this is the only hope we have as a society to love and honor you. Lord, we thank you for what you've given us. We thank you for the truth so clearly spoken to us in the scriptures. And I pray that as we depart throughout this week, that you would help us to be mindful of these things. In your name we pray. Amen.